right, one final question before we wrap it up. Uh, considering that the Manchester Derby is this weekend, right? And uh, obviously, we're both going to go watch it. Yep. Um, long time. I feel like it's been such a long time since I last watched a football game with you. Uh, yes, in it's, it's definitely been a very, very long time. Mm. And uh, I hope we can break our duck of watching football games together that end up uh, not producing anything. <laughs> new nil? <laughs> new nil. <laughs> the iconic nil. Every the time icon. we watch, it's going to be a new nil. But... Uh, aside from you know taboos and traditions, what are your predictions? Like, what's the scoreline? Uh, okay, so obviously, uh, we have to be realistic here. Uh, of course, I would really want to go for a United win. So I, uh, I'm just gonna like put my trust in this United squad, even though City clearly have like the superior team. I mean, if Haaland is fit. Uh, we're going to have a very, very tough match on our hands, especially Haaland, uh, De Bruyne, uh, Combo, and City are just uh, going to out-muscle our defenders. I just, I would uh, optimistically, uh, on a good day, I really hope that we can actually uh, hit them on the counter, and I'm going for a 2-1 win to United. Wow, okay. Um. On the other hand, uh, like I say, I'm always the more pessimist um, side of the pair between the two of us. I would say 2-1 Manchester City. Right. We'll see. And we'll then see. let's let's celebrate a new new. <laughs> <laughs> As is tradition, my friend. As yes. is tradition. Welcome back to another episode of Low High Trips. And today we have a very special guest with us, an OG the first virtual podcast guest, long-awaited, highly anticipated. Welcome to Low High Trips, Kelvin. Hello, everyone. Uh, yes, this is Kelvin, uh, and it's really, really uh, nice to finally be able to do this in person. Uh, I've only done this virtually before, uh, once, yeah. and uh, this is a really great opportunity to. Uh, see how this goes and I'm really looking forward to today's session. Lovely introduction. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that, Calvin. Um, as we have discussed, we would like to talk all about Manchester United today, everything Manchester United. But right before we kickstart the episode, right before we dive straight into it head first, would you like to share a little snippet on how we started our friendship? Oh, certainly, certainly. So um, this started in the our freshman year of uh, university. So uh, basically, this was during orientation. Uh, we had to have like lunch with our course mates. Nando's, yep. Nando's, Chiki, of course. Shout out, Yanuzai. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, we had Nando's uh, and um, there were like all the... Um, it was like an orientation batch and... All of them were girls except the both of us. And so naturally, they put both of us face facing to, towards, facing each, towards yeah. each other. Yeah, in the middle of the in table. In the middle well. of the table. <laughs> and the they basically like um, just put us in the spotlight in the middle of the table. And uh, during that time, we didn't know each other, of course. So naturally, we were very quiet. We couldn't think of anything to talk about. And then um, Aaron decided to kick things off with, do you watch football? Yeah. Those magical words. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I said yes. And then I asked back, uh, what is your 
uh, what club do you support? And then he said, uh, Manchester United. Thank God it wasn't Liverpool. <laughs> Thank God it wasn't any other club. Uh, shout out Gunners, 3-1. <laughs> and um, so it was really, really... Um, we clicked right away because of that uh, similar club that we support. And then uh, we managed to dive headfirst into the topic of <laughs> Robin Van Persie yep. and the Flying Dutchman. So during that time, he just joined uh, Manchester United and it was a very... Uh, we were equally sceptical about how he would perform. Very, actually. Very. Yes. And we discussed a lot about why he was signed and all of that. And as you know, the rest is history. The rest is history. Uh, we thought we knew more than the boss himself. Yes. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson. We clearly do not know shit. Oh, wait, there's actually a bug on the microphone right now. Should I blow it away? I... Yes. Oh fuck! Sorry, <laughs> no, no, I, I don't know. I, I don't completely know. lost uh, track of space. It's, My apologies it's, it's for okay. no worries um, harming your health. Um, all right. Anyway, we would like to acknowledge the previous seasons of Manchester. Why? Why do I uh, say it as if like someone died? You know what I mean? Yes. Uh, by the way, shout out to the Queen. Not like she matters to me, but you know, I guess R.I.P. R.I.P. A death is a death. Uh, it is what it is. Let's move on. Okay. Um, yeah, acknowledgement to mm. the previous seasons. We will not be talking about United's uh, previous 10 years, as you know. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of mismanagement by the Glazers. Yes. A lot of um, inconsistent managerial appointments. A lot of inefficient, ineffective and messy player signings. Yes, definitely. Very, very, uh, very, very rushed. And... Uh, it's it felt very like a panic buy, but right before we you know jump into the thoughts on the current season so far, uh, just a quick question: like, who do you think has been the worst Manchester United signing in the past ten years? In the past ten years, I feel like at the top of my head, uh, I would say the with utmost respect, he wears. Uh, uh, honestly, even though he he may be a good player, but in terms of the structure of the club, the way we play, uh, no one could possibly be worse than Harry Maguire. Very fair answer, if, I, if I'm honest. Um, I cannot disagree with you. Mm. Although I personally would say that the worst signing that I think Manchester United have made in the past 10 years would be... Oof. We have so many. I, th I think the craziest thing is that I need to, you know, review there, the top 10. There, there's no obvious answer. No <laughs> no one stand out that it's... Uh, Everyone's that equally super, trash. Yes, <laughs> equally trash. Um, but I'll say Alexis Sanchez. Just because oh. he completely destroyed our witch structure at the time mm. and how we just completely um, started overpaying for players. I'm not saying that United have not been overplaying for players without uh, before Alexis Sanchez, but he himself really, yeah, caused a lot of uh, issues where we find it really hard to offload players on very high wages. 
So anyway, uh, like I said, we would like to focus on the current, uh, what the, the present. That is the word. Mm, present. So yep. What are your thoughts on the current season so far, Kevin? Uh, for the current season, I felt that we got off to probably the worst possible start. Brighton and Brentford, is it? Yes, Brighton and Brentford, as well as um, we kickstarted um Eric Ten Hag's uh managerial career in the Premier League with two losses. I mean, I can't imagine how uh, much worse it could have gotten from there. But kudos to him. He made them run for their jobs, I believe. After the Brentford game, you mean? Yes, after the yep, Brentford yep. game. And I but, heard that uh, he mm. ran with the players himself as well. Uh, yes, exactly. I felt impressive. like that was a very impressive thing to do. Uh, it shows that he's really uh, taking responsibility for the players and the results, even though... It may not even have been his fault. It was just the players' lack of understanding among each other and lack of passion for the batch. And I really applaud him for uh, taking ownership of that, uh, those results and uh, trying his best to improve it. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think one thing that really impressed me and I feel like you know some people could like, oh, Aaron's definitely pretty high on copium or hopium at the moment. But it's more like, yes, we had the worst possible start, which is back-to-back losses. But the mm. thing is that we managed to um, overcome that sort of like mental barrier. Yes. Knowing that, oh, yep, we are back to last season again under Ole, mm. under uh, Rangnick. Mm. However, I just feel like, yeah, the, the fact that we're able to overcome and look, it's unbelievable that we actually beat Liverpool. Yes. Like I'm just gonna put it out there. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet my money that United would win, even though the odds would be like if I bet a dollar and I get back like five million, whatever. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna be a waste of the dollar. Yes. You rather save the dollar than no uh than bet it on United beating Liverpool at that point of time. And especially since Liverpool have been a force to be reckoned with uh in the past few years. And uh they took quite a number of years to even uh get to there, but they did it and we are in a, um, could not be even a more declined position. Yeah. Potentially the worst state the club has ever experienced. Mm. Um, I guess that's you know, relatively subjective, but yeah. at least for uh, our lifespan, yes. Yes. 100%. The worst that we've ever seen. Mm. Um, it shows that, you know, uh, potentially Manchester United fans are loyal if they're still supporting them after yes. 10 years of a test of, of loyalty. 100%. 100%. But thoughts on Eric Ten Hag so far? I know I've asked you about the current season, mm-hmm. but what are your thoughts um, as Eric being Manchester United's manager? Uh, for that, I felt that um, his, uh, his res- resume has been really impressive. Uh, especially uh, on the job that he did at Ajax, even though it's like a Dutch league, relatively not so well known, mm, not, not as the com- top five, I believe, yeah, yeah. not mm. as competitive as the rest, but he still managed to uh, win titles and uh, managed to uh, create such world class players, out of, players, yeah, yeah. develop mm. out of uh, academy, and uh, they made really good um, business out of it as well. And I feel that um him joining us, I feel our he would be able to develop more talents and giving him the opportunity and giving him the trust. Uh the board should do that and so that he can actually um 
develop more players and bring better results. Yeah, no, 100%. I mm. feel like in the past, you know, however many years that you want to say, I feel like we have so many raw uh, youngsters that mm. could have potentially be molded into at least a Premier League level um, player. Yes. But I feel like there were so many wasted talents, you know? Yes, yes. Um, I think, unfortunately, uh, I cannot talk about talent without talking about that absolute cunt, uh, Mason Greenwood. Absolute shit. Who I genuinely believe, past tense, um, was the greatest talent that we've ever seen. Um, I think his ceiling is the highest that I've ever seen in my man- in my life supporting Manchester United. Um, I genuinely would go to the extent of saying that he was more... Uh, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. go, go on this episode because Correct. there is absolutely no point. It's okay. Yes. Let bygones be bygones. Yes. We keep moving forward. We keep moving forward. We forget about him uh, because it's not worth it. Yep, and if you're a shit person in real life, you can fuck off, you know? Yes. Um, he's objectively shit in this in this case. So, yeah. Um, doesn't matter if he's the most talented youngster in the world or if he could potentially be better than Messi. I'm not saying that he will be mm. or he could be, but it does not matter. A shit person is a shit person. He can fuck off. Anyway, moving on to the next section that I want to talk to you about, new signings, right? right. So, this season, uh, we have signed players such as Malasia, Ericsson, mm-hmm. Martinez, Anthony, Casemiro, what yes. the hell? Yes. And Dubrovka, I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, let's just call him D. <laughs> the D. D, Mr. D. All right, but all right, let's go back to, let's just say, let's just go with Malasia, which mm. is um, Ten Hag's first official Manchester United signing. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, Malasia has uh, actually impressed uh, since him uh, since joining us and uh, we re- uh, we really uh, need to recall that uh, another um, Netherlands wing back uh, named Timber has uh, was supposed to join us he's a t- he's a wing back i believe I mean, he's a center back i can't recall but that's all I right felt, that's i all felt right. like okay he's a defender mm. that was supposed to join us uh, however um the current boss of uh, Netherlands, uh, Louis Van Gaal, has mentioned... Shout out. Louis Van Gaal. Van Gaal? <laughs> no, as in shout out to him, but yeah, go on. Oh, sorry. shout out, okay. Yeah. Uh, Louis Van Gaal, um, he mentioned that if Timber joined United, and uh, he may not have a chance to feature in the Netherlands squad. And I felt that as a defender, you should actually take that as a challenge to prove to your uh, country that you are indispensable. Mm. But he chose to just um, decline us. And so uh, in comes Malaysia. And as you can see, he's already put Shaw on the bench. A fit Shaw, a reborn Shaw. But a reborn Shaw and his peak is being benched by Malaysia, who has actually shown that he has more uh, passion. And he actually plays for the badge, even though he just joined, which is a very rare and appreciated. Yeah, I mean, I do think that Malaysia mm. has so far shown to be very relentless. Yes. I don't think I've seen him stop running. Yeah. I don't think I've seen him shy away from a challenge. 
And there was this specific uh, sort of play that really uh, got stuck in my mind or was brought up in my mind the moment I talked about him, which was, I think he lost the ball. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was against Leopold. Okay. Where he somehow stood up, recovered, and managed to win a goal kick or a throwing or whatever it is. I don't remember the specific detail. But it was very refreshing to see someone who would fight for every ball knowing that they are in a disadvantaged position. Yes. Like it doesn't matter that he felt like he could not win it. He'll mm. try. He'll keep trying to the point where, you know, if he fails, he'll keep trying again. He'll keep trying again. Yes, yes, definitely. And for a person of his age, uh, which is just low 20s, I mean, sorry, early 20s, um, it shows, yeah, a lot of fire, like you said, you know, and yeah. the fact that he's a new signing and not like one of our old guards, mm-hmm. um, I think that really lights up a fire in, you know, Shaw. And I think that's what he definitely needs because let's be honest, he's always performing when he has proper competition. Uh, yes, definitely. He's, but uh, if you really want to stand out, you shouldn't wait for competition. You should actually be consistent and uh, not even let the competition, there be competition for you and you should just cement your place. So it's actually really refreshing and uh, to see that, uh, some players playing for the badge mm. and not just for like money or fame and, and all that. Just joining United because you wanted fame and and you're not performing and you're yeah. not fighting for the badge. 100%. And on the topic of a defender as well, uh, I think it's a good segue to move on to Martinez. Yes. Oof, that Ooh. guy, I think he has slot into our team like a glove. Yes. And for his size, he's known as the Butcher. And you can just tell by the way he plays why he earned that nickname. And the man has just been so impressive. And uh, there has been so many talks about his size, height, and how he's not going to fit into the Premier League. Mm. Shout out Jamie Carragher. <laughs> um, and it's like, he's just been proving critics wrong week in and week out. Even when we don't play well, he does his part and uh, covers where a lot of... Uh, players would not be able to do it and he shows that he makes up for his uh, physical disadvantage by uh, performing his technical uh, attributes uh, his technical uh, attributes very well and he he just believes in timing mm. of jumps and ball control yep. uh, bringing the ball out of defense it's very refreshing because Definitely. Our previous defenders didn't really have that. Didn't really have that calmness in front of goal to bring the ball forward and uh, distribute. Yeah. yeah, and I think one thing is so interesting about uh, Lisandro as well mm. is the fact that you know him being uh, like like a pit bull, you know, yes. um, being so aggressive in his game, being you know, you you would like to call him sort of like oh he's our cunt. You know, the kind of player reminds me a bit of like a Herrera, like a Bruno. And you always need these kind of players, you know, as you can see in like Mourinho's team um, or whichever team. But anyway, uh, going back to the topic, I feel like it's so interesting to see him being so aggressive, yet being so intentional on the ball. Because in my mind, stereotypically, someone who's a bit more aggressive, you know, an aggressive defender would probably be less delicate on the ball as compared to Martinez. Correct. And it's insane how intentional he is where whenever he gets the ball, his first thought is that how I'm going to get it forward. Yeah. 
in in the most efficient way possible without getting as many touches he releases really quickly mm. and i think that is oof. Yeah. what what, what a refreshing change as compared to maguire yeah. um look i don't think lindelof is all that bad but at times he will take slightly longer than the ball it could yeah. be the system it could be the players that he's playing with yeah. but martinez man correct and it's really uh, nice because uh, when you take too many touches you invite pressure and that's what we've been struggling with for the past few seasons we just don't distribute the ball fast enough and we invite pressure and then we just cause our own downfall and uh, it just completely uh, affects the whole morale of the team as well and we continue recycling the ball for yeah. like 50 times in a game yes. and uh, speaking of ball recycling as well man Ericsson free yes. signing free signing he has what been what a bargain oh i look i i ran off adjectives to like describe this guy but the way he moves the ball from i don't know the the, the first or the third sorry first or second oh, i can't english right now when he moves the ball from the back end of the pitch, pitch. towards the forwards to the forwards from the, yeah. to the linking up okay yeah, between the defenders and the forwards mm. I think that is just oh we've really missed a player like that honestly nice. speaking probably since I don't know Michael Carrick yeah I, I feel like it's been so long since we had a player that was capable of doing that and uh, of course we've had some great passes in uh, the past few seasons mm. uh, however uh, no one has come close to his uh, ability to calmly do it and uh, he does it with such purpose that it's and such precision as and well. such precision that he knows what he wants to do with the ball and he makes the whole team uh, gel and uh, we just go forward as a team uh, and he really really helps our uh, attacking and breaking down of opposition yeah definitely mm. and also the transition between defense to attack yes. goes so much faster as well instead of just you know the previous seasons where we are constantly recycling between the defenders and the central defensive midfielders and then mm, yes. <laughs> right wing left wing and there's just constantly like back forth back forth left mm, right yes. left right it's just not productive yes. i feel like he has a very uh productive way of passing the ball yes and mm. uh, him being that uh great on the ball uh can actually allow uh, players like bruno to be in the position where they need to be instead of Bruno being the one that needs to look for that pass Correct, yes. and uh, we don't have anyone that can support him. So right now, bringing Ericsson in is probably one of the best and smartest signings that we've done uh, in the past few years and maybe at least the past 10 years. Yeah, and also, as always, you know, being Manchester United um, in the past 10 years, we've signed um, a player slightly later than we should have. Mm -hmm. You know, a couple of examples, you know, Zlatan, Cavani, Schweinsteiger, yeah. I mean, the list goes the on, list let's goes be honest. On the list on goes on and, and on. on. And Sanchez. <laughs> and Sanchez. Still salty. But anyway, um, yeah, we've uh, midfielders as well, right? Yes. Before talking about Casemiro, because he hasn't featured as much, much. when we're talking yeah. right now, Anthony, thoughts? Anthony. Uh, honestly, um, Anthony was like a very, it was talked about all season uh, that we wanted to sign him and he wanted to come as well. It's just that he got delayed a lot. Uh, however, when he finally signed, uh, um, it's really great to see him uh, being so passionate. And of course, when he, he made his debut against Arsenal, debut goal, uh, and to see him celebrate with such passion on your debut. Uh, honestly, I can't think of anyone who had a better debut uh, than him. Uh, and 
Probably Marshall. Probably Marshall, yes. Marshall would have been a, a big Marshall shout. Would have been and a big a shout Rashi for that. as well, I guess. And Rashi, yes. It's just, uh, we haven't had that many great debuts. Uh, mainly because the signings that we did, signings that we made, uh, were not exactly the what you call impactful signings. And it was all really last minute, really forced, really panicked. Mm. Uh, just wanted to sign a player for the sake of signing someone. And we end up overpaying and we don't get the end product. Yeah. So Anthony was really refreshing. And uh, kudos to him for uh, showing such passion, mm. even in your first game. Yeah, and let's be real. I genuinely think that we oof, way overpaid for Anthony. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, I think he has uh, heaps of potential. Mm. I think his ceiling is relatively high. He definitely has the um, pathway towards becoming a world-class player. Yes. I think he definitely has that in him based mm. on the way he plays, based on his um, understanding of the game right now at his age. Mm. Um, but yeah, as always, you know, overpaying for players. Uh, but I guess it's the Manchester United tax, isn't it? Yes, it's Manchester United tax and I believe that any other club in the Premier League would not have been made to pay so much. But you know what? We'll just take this as an investment. He's still young. Uh, you never. Uh, we really hope that he can be a world-class player and uh, that money that we spend for him would mean nothing uh, in comparison to what his value is in the future. Let's mm, hope so. Fingers mm. crossed. Yeah. Uh, I guess right before we move on to Casemiro as well, what are your hopes for Anthony this season? Uh, for Anthony this season, uh, honestly, I don't want to put so much pressure and, you know, like, uh, hope he makes immediate impact, like 20, 30 goals per season or assists uh, every game kind of thing. But uh, as long as he helps uh, the progression of our uh, attack, it doesn't matter if he doesn't have the stats to back it up. But what we need is a player that will play for the batch and give his all in the game. And honestly, that's what we read. Uh, that's really the bare minimum that we can expect from players these days, especially when it's such a competitive league as well. Mm. I'm not sure if I'm putting my expectations a bit too high while he's still adjusting to the Premier League. Mm. Um, as obviously being from the I can't pronounce error DVC. Uh, yes. I never know how to pronounce that word. I'll be it's honest okay. with you. That's all right. Uh, yeah. the Dutch league. The Dutch league, the Dutch league. Yes, the Dutch league. So uh, obviously it came from Ajax, and um, yeah, I think. 15 goal contributions, goals plus assists in the Premier League would be a solid first season for him as yeah, he's adjusting to the yeah. team. I think be 15, yeah, should be. It's it's reasonable uh, yeah. because we don't want to expect too much. But uh, 15 would be quite a benchmark since he already has one goal. Yeah, and yeah. not to mention that he actually does not have that many competition as well. Mm. Like, uh, you know, obviously speaking with you know, our player yeah. injuries and the lack of forwards that we have. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess we, I'd like to move on as well mm -hmm. to Casemiro, who has not been featured as much mm -hmm. uh, as I believe Ten Hag is still um, transitioning him into the new team. Yes. Also scored his resurgence, um, <laughs> which is uh, good. You know, it's always yeah. a good thing. Uh, competition is always a good thing. But uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on Casemiro signing and what are your hopes for this season? Okay, so uh, Casemiro is really uh, a surprise signing. Uh, I don't know how we actually managed to pull it off. Uh, there were jokes around that he, uh, we were in for, uh, we were in to buy him or in to bid for him. Uh, but honestly, I just thought it's one of those uh, rumors where players use uh, United trying to sign them as 
uh, negotiation for a new contract yeah. or just to sign for a different club. Yep. So I felt that him signing for us eventually, uh, it even if he doesn't feature as much, I believe a player with his experience would be able to guide our younger players, let's say um, McTominay or Fred, that they can actually... Uh, understand the position of a CDM and what a CDM is supposed to do mm. and what a CDM is not supposed to do. Uh, and uh, because I believe that he is one true defensive midfielder that he doesn't, he's not a glory hunter in front of goal. He really just gets the job done and he does whatever it takes to get the job done. He's not afraid of being uh, dirty or not afraid of going into challenges. And I feel like that's what we really need. His experience, and not to mention he's a multiple Champions League winner. Yeah. So he knows that mental. He has that mentality. The winning mentality. The winning mentality. And he's already achieved a lot in his career. So for him to come and join us now and start a new chapter, I feel that oh, I would like him to actually be a mentor to our younger players as well. Yeah, 100%. And I think one of the issues with United and how we've played in the past seasons is that we are really, really ineffective in tactical fouls. We do not try to do that. Um, I mean, look at City. Yeah. City is doing it. Oh, yes, immaculate, perfect. And Casemiro obviously is quite infamous for you know making like ten tackles and getting one yellow card when yes. uh, potentially four to five of them could have been yellow cards, right? Yes. And I feel like that is something that is very hard to coach I think that's something that comes with experience and I feel like you know with Casemiro being in a team he could definitely be leading by example yes, and uh, be helping us in that regard in that in the aspect of the game as well on knowing how to be smart to draw fouls and mm. uh, knowing when to break plays and I feel like you know honestly he's probably our only true CDM in the squad knowing mm. that Fred and McTominay they are not proper CDMs. Yeah, I think they are yeah. more of a central midfielder. Um, Scotty's probably best position is box-to-box. Mm-hmm. Fred is best paired with someone who's a bit more um, disciplined, I'll say. Disciplined, defensive. Because yeah. they, they tend to uh, go forward. They tend to roam forward and uh, they want to get forward and help with the attack, which is not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just that because we lack cover at the back, uh, that can be uh, detrimental to our... Uh, defense if they hit us on the counter yeah. so having Casemiro there really would help to anchor the defense as well and provide support for our uh, defenders yeah I think Scott uh, Scotty and Fred you know they definitely play best when they play it simple where they are only given one very specific role mm-hmm. rather than like you know I need you to uh, what do you call that um, dictate the midfield like scores they uh, cannot do that I, I for the life they, of them yeah definitely not. but I think Scotty's game we saw how he performed against the previous teams um, in our winning run as well. This is yep. four games and we're not getting carried away mm-hmm. for, you know, disclaimer. Yes. Um, his games were basically revolving around um, breaking up plays, passing the ball cl- to your closest midfielder like Ericsson and let him do the rest. Yep. And I felt like that was his 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 greatest strength, you know. Yeah, it just, felt, it just feels like he just needs to be given a specific role and um, don't complicate his instructions don't make him do too much uh, and uh, that way he can actually really shine especially when paired with a player that uh, can uh, help him with whatever tasks he's given and uh, having Ericsson there really really helped him as well yeah. made him look like a really good player 
And uh, I believe that that's due to just him uh, following instructions and not going over the top. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Um, all right, moving on to the last but not least, Mr. D, Dubravka. Yes. I guess, uh, you know, there have been talks that we've bought him because he's a ball-playing uh, goalkeeper, uh, goalkeeper who can pass from the back. But look, um, I will be completely brutally honest. There is there is no way he's going to displace the hair. Uh, I don't see that happening at all. Uh, honestly, I don't really see that happening as well. It's just that, yes, he's a good keeper, uh, potentially world-class and uh, stuff like that, ball-playing keeper. But at the rate that we're going, at the rate that the team is playing, uh, if De Gea can just learn better distribution, I, I don't see any chance of anyone displacing him in the team at uh, currently. And uh, it's really important to maintain... Uh, the team morale as well, the team consistency going forward. So uh, De Gea has been at the club pretty much one of the longest uh, since uh, he was there since um, Sir Alex Ferguson's time. Mm. And I believe that him being the senior player in the club would really help to uh, maintain the uh, stability in case uh, some new players are like, uh, they don't, they disagree with the captain or they have any like uh, disharmony. This uh, De Gea could be the one to like uh, prevent this harmony as well. So I think Dubravka has don't doesn't really have a chance to break into the first team. Mm. But of course, we'll let him play like cup games and see uh, how he performs from there and move on. But we do have Tom Heaton with us, don't we? Uh, yes, we do have Tom Heaton as well. Bit of a strange so signing, isn't it's it? It's a really strange signing that we are we have a uh, player as in we have we already have a backup keeper. But we're signing a backup keeper to back up this keeper, which yeah. is really strange because Dubravka could easily be a starter in a team. Tom Eaton could easily be a starter in uh, another team as well. Uh, but we're just keeping both of them as backups. Uh, and we really haven't seen them feature in anything else yet. So uh, hopefully it's just um, Eric Ten Hag trying to test things out. If uh, the cup games don't work for Heaton or Dubravka, then uh, we should at least let one of them on to be on loan maybe or uh, to just uh, sign for a different club so that we have uh, no um, so that we don't keep too many players that are just not going to play for us yeah definitely I feel like we have too many uh, deadwoods yes. in the club uh, unfortunately uh, Phil Jones being one of them although Phil Jones is quite of an exception like I do pity him you know as a human being yeah. Not as a supporter of the club, I genuinely pity him. You know, imagine having one. Uh, imagine someone just having injuries after injuries after injuries for more than a decade. Yeah, it's really that really must unfortunate be and absolutely heart wrenching, heart- man. It's it's like you love the game so much, but you just can't. Your body just doesn't allow you to play the game and contribute. It must be really really uh heartbreaking and really unfortunate. Uh, that this has happened and uh, what could have been. Yeah, and I want to touch a little bit on De Gea as well, mm-hmm. as his contract is expiring, you know, uh, mid next year. Right. Um, from what I can see, we have an option for a further year as well. But let's just put the option for a further year aside. You know, there have been talks that we could potentially be um proposing a new contract for De Gea mm-hmm. in the upcoming couple of years or the upcoming year. What are your thoughts? Because he is clearly the highest paid goalkeeper in the world today. All right. Um, and I believe a significant amount 
compared to the second highest paid one. Uh, I believe it's a really large chunk as well. Uh, I don't have the exact number at the moment, but when I saw the number, it was it was insane. Especially when the hair, I be honest, it's not top five, top ten potentially right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just what what are your thoughts? Because it feels like the wage structure, the yeah, and you know the fact that he can't really build the ball from the back. Sorry, I said he can't build the play from the back. He can't pass as comfortably from the back as compared to some modern goalkeepers, mm-hmm. um, namely Allison, namely Edison. Yeah. Um, pretty envy, you know, their goalkeepers. Yeah, and really, perfectly really, suits the system. It's just really, really uh, great to see like um, rival clubs having uh, such uh, modern goalkeepers in that sense because the game has really changed and uh, ha- them having players that can distribute makes life so much easier for their defenders eh, and for their strikers as well. It just shows that uh, the defenders can trust their strikers eh, and keeper. Defenders can trust their keeper and if strikers can trust their keeper to just distribute the ball to them and they just need to make the runs without uh, without hesitation to catch the opponent off guard. So uh, coming back to the De Gea situation, I feel that He's probably the highest paid uh, goalkeeper, partially due to the reason because of him being uh, there at, uh, at the club the longest, during one of the longest, as well. and during our turmoil as well. And um, we offer him, uh, uh, because of our signings, uh, it kind of like messed up our wage structure. So that has given like the hair new when the hair. Uh, negotiate negotiates for a new contract. Uh, it gives him a chance to uh, request for a higher wage as well. So I t- believe that that what is what has happened. And at the moment, uh, I wouldn't mind uh, an extension of a contract to him. Uh, however, if he can just prove to us that his distribution can be better and he can work on that. Mm, and he can adapt to the modern game. And he can adapt to the modern game and... Um, the knock style of play. The knock style of play, uh, bringing the ball out from the back and uh, just not staying in your goal like a traditional goalkeeper. Uh, you need to show that you can adapt to the change in the current modern game. Uh, I believe that a uh, contract would... He should make that contract uh, absolutely important like we should absolutely sign the new contract for him, uh, make it feel like we have no choice but to sign a new contract because you're that good. Because um, let's face it, his reflexes are definitely one of the best. Uh, Short stopping is one of the best. But him not adapting to the modern game has put him in positions where uh, he had to make those kind of saves because uh, he made life difficult for himself. Mm, and people around him. Yes. Um, and... Look, I'm just going to be very straightforward over here. I feel like this season is very defining for De Gea. If he cannot adapt and if Ten Hag is not able to coach the way he would like his goalkeepers to play, then no one can. Um, um, so I feel like, to me, this is probably the last straw for De Gea. Like, either he adapts to the way we play or I think, you know, it's uh, it's best to mutually accept the fact that, yeah, perhaps he does not have a future at United. That does not mean that I do not appreciate the past decade that he had with us. I think that De Gea is uh, borderline considered a club legend already, just based on how he has won, what, four or five play of the years yes. in the past 10 years, which is, 
uh, borderline wrong as well in a club like Manchester United. Um, But yeah, speaking of goalkeepers, like just Henderson, I had high hopes for him Mm -hmm. until he came out on that interview saying that he did not speak to Eric Ten Hag before requesting to move uh, alone to Nottingham Forest, I believe. Yeah, Nottingham Forest, yes. But uh, yeah, it's it's quite of a shame. Um, we'll see how we go with that. But just from that one specific interview alone, he sounds pretty up in his ass, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, yeah. it just shows um, there's a difference between being confident in your abilities and being overconfident as well. And uh, just plain disrespectful. Because if you really wanted to just leave um, on loan or you just wanted to have game time, I believe that the best option would be to check with your uh, new manager and not just go behind his back and just sign a new loan deal without his approval uh, in the on the basis that uh, you think that he would not let you go if he saw you play. So if you're, uh, if we're going to be honest here, if you're really that good, you wouldn't be just going to just Nottingham Forest. You could have gone to, or you could have walked into any other top club. But um, you choosing Nottingham Forest just to get game time, uh, shows a bit of um, arrogance on your part as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a good point. Mm. But um, yep, yeah, just a bit mindful of time, I'd like to move on to the next topic. And of course, when you're talking about Manchester United, uh, in 2022, you cannot go on talking without Cristiano Ronaldo. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, just... What are your thoughts on the current Cristiano Ronaldo situation? Because uh, obviously, um, in the previous transfer window, or the most recent one, his agent, uh, Hogi Mendes, mm-hmm. was, for the lack of a better word, uh, trying to um, put him up for sale and yeah, was uh, yeah, yeah. Offering, offering him to, him to... different slash various clubs uh, who are in the Champions League. And obviously, that did not um, conclude it or that mm-hmm. did not happen. Uh, for various reasons. But yeah, what are your quick thoughts on his current situation? Uh, okay, so uh, for Cristiano Ronaldo, I believe that um, it's very uh, subjective as well. It's very like, um, obviously he's a club legend. He's achieved everything possible during his time at United. And then for him to just um, come back uh, after such, uh, after like, probably more than 10 years after you left the club he's gone on to achieve uh, so much more uh, and different leagues as well and to finally come back to United it felt like a dream come true and right now the current situation is that um, we have to accept the fact that he's aging as well he's not as sharp as he used to be Uh, however uh, he's still Cristiano Ronaldo he's still one of the best if not the best but one of the best players in the world um, to ever play the game so I feel that even if he doesn't play as regularly as before uh, his experience and his um, leadership abilities uh, can really help the club and can really help the our young players as well so I really hope that even if he doesn't get to play he can actually continue to uh, fight for the club fight for his place uh, but at the same time accept the fact that um, maybe he can be a really good impact sub. Uh, not to say he needs to play the last 10 minutes, but he can just maybe play the second half. And during that second half, he can just give his all, press the players and show that he can st- still be in the uh, top level of uh, English football as well. And uh, really 
I hope that he can stay until the end of the season because I feel like with him in this in the current squad, uh, a, there's a lot to be learned, a lot to be taught to our younger players as well, and everyone really looks up to him. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, it was pretty obvious as well where Anthony was openly stating that Ronaldo mm. is his idol growing up, yeah. and he's always like idolo or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. you you can definitely tell like a lot of young players, um, definitely admired or mm. looked up to Ronaldo growing up or even uh, emulate their game based on how he was playing back then obviously before he became sort of like a strike uh, in a striker position you know yes, when he was playing yes. as a more like a left winger oh, back yeah, then winger. even right side yeah, yeah but anyway just a quick context as well uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is uh, Calvin's favourite player of all time would you agree? Uh, yes definitely he's um, since he joined uh, and this was in when he first joined, 2006, I believe, or 2007. 2007 was probably his breakout year. And uh, when he first joined, uh, nobody knew who he was. Uh, everyone thought that we had signed the Brazilian Ronaldo, which was an absolute legend. Uh, we thought, and uh, some players were, like some supporters were even disappointed, like who are we signing and what, what kind of player is that? But um, as the records show, uh, he turned out to be one of our best players of all time, a Premier League legend. And uh, honestly, when I watched him play growing up, he was definitely an idol and an inspiration to me as well. And even until today, I still feel that no matter how much he has achieved or how much he has not achieved, uh, he will still be uh, probably my favorite player of all time. Yeah, 100%. i got to respect that. Um, and also, Ronaldo's contract is expiring uh, mid next year, 2023. Uh, but we do have the option to extend the deal for another year. So um, let's just see how we go uh, with Ronaldo in the upcoming probably months. I think that we have a clear understanding of what's mm-hmm. going on. To me, it's simple. Like, you know, if you want to stay, you focus. You yeah. give your all. Correct. You commit. Yeah, don't, don't be go, distracted. Uh, and uh, don't be distracted and cause unnecessary media attention. 100%, mm. yeah. I feel like we already uh, let a lot of players who are quote-unquote toxic for yes. the club um, go in the past um, transfer window. But uh, yeah, I just want to give a quick shout-out just to Eric Ten Hag. I feel like he has been uh, handling the whole Ronaldo slash Maguire situation in a very professional manner. I felt mm. like he was not... Um, he didn't cause much conflict. He didn't cause much sort of like controversy. No one was really like, oh, how could you and stuff like that. But he, he did it in a very sort of like logical way, like a mythological as well. Like, yep, he's not performing, bench. He's not fit, bench. There's no like favoritism. There's no... Uh, I don't know, it just reminded me of the time where... Mourinho was constantly playing Rooney despite Rooney being way past his best for a while before benching him. Yeah, yeah. it's really refreshing to see a manager that uh, is able to make such decisions and uh, to stick by his principles and it doesn't matter who you are and what position you hold in the club. Even if you're club captain, if you don't perform well, you can still be benched. 100%, 100%. Uh, I feel like, you know, I I want to talk about the Maguire situation, but I feel like, ah, he's just just beating a dead horse at the moment. Uh, It's self-explanatory, I believe. Um, It's like, um, it's not to say, um, usually we would think that it's just um, United that doesn't fit him. But even uh, when he plays for England, uh, you can see that 
there are a section of supporters who are already disgruntled with his performances of late and I believe that his confidence has already taken a huge dip and uh, uh, there's no doubt he is still a good player it's just that uh, sometimes the system doesn't fit uh, no matter how good the player is if the system doesn't fit that player uh, it's just going to be a lot worse uh, and you're, you're trying to force a player who's to play in a certain system when they can't and uh, and you're going to try to expect good results, uh, you really can't do that. Yeah, I agree with you. And uh, yeah, I guess um, once again, just mindful of time because if we were to continue talking about Manchester United, as you know, we wouldn't just be talking for hours, we'd be talking for days. Nice. Um, in fact, we've been talking for years now. Yes. <laughs> ten- oh, years. no. Ten years. Ten years, ten years. It's been ten it? years. Or more. Uh, 20, 2013 about 9 yeah 9, nine coming 10 uh, 9 coming 10 so we've been yeah. discussing about Manchester United for over a decade now yes. and um, yeah what, what what better time to record a podcast review to discuss about it than yep. right now so it's a, it's a it's an absolute honour but before I wrap up the episode I want to know your thoughts and your hopes for the current season sorry not your thoughts your hopes, hopes. what are you expecting okay alright so hopes for the current season I believe that because uh, thankfully, like we're recording this uh, off the back of a four-win streak uh, that was unfortunately uh, halted due to uh, world events. So uh, honestly, I felt like coming into the season uh, with new managers, new signings, we had the worst possible start, but somehow we managed to recover. And in that recovery, we managed to beat uh, two of our fiercest rivals over the years, uh, in a time where we, uh, in a time where we uh didn't think that that was possible, and um, so honestly, I feel like this season I'm quite optimistic for the rest of the season. I really want to see that, uh, if we can keep this up, if our players, if our first choice defenders, first choice defense, uh, namely Martinez and Varane. Uh, centre-back partnership can maintain their fitness I would say that um, I'm getting uh, I, f- I feel more confident having them and I feel that um, we can go on to achieve great things I'm not asking like I'm not saying that we're going to win the title or anything like that that's far too early but if we can even just give a good uh, competition to the current uh, likes of City, Liverpool, uh, league leaders Arsenal for the month of December probably uh, until uh, the end of the season and just keep pushing them. I think uh, at least uh, like Dalo says, uh, this could be the team that brings back Manchester United. Speaking of Dalo, I absolutely love how uh, he has turned out to be the player that he is right now. Yep. Of course, it's only you know a handful of games, yep. but still uh, shows a lot of potential. Yep. Um, I'm a bit of a pessimist though mm-hmm. I personally would say that a top 6 finish would be solid mm-hmm. Um, I see us pushing for top 4 but I just feel like with our current squad depth we might struggle a bit come later in the season mm-hmm. Um, anyway I'm just hoping that you know in the cup competitions that we play in we try and test new players here and there or we do our best to push for a deeper cut run. Uh, mm-hmm. If we do come up with a win, whatever it may be, Europa, FA Cup. Wait, are we still in the FA Cup? I believe so. Yes, yeah. I don't think it has even started yet. But yeah, any cup win 
and a let's just say top four finish, I mm. think that would be a success in my eyes. Like wow, wow, what a first season for Eric Ten Hag. Yes, I I agree as well. It's it just feels like, uh, right now we don't want to hope for too much. Yeah. But at the same time, we want to um still maintain the uh. Uh, Manchester United standard that we should be challenging for a minimum of top four, mm. minimum of a Champions League spot at least, and then uh give Eric Ten Hag time to rebuild, and uh, hopefully the board actually uh trusts him enough to m- let him make his decisions and don't interfere with it, and uh, we could be looking at a very good rebuild. Yep, hundred percent. But anyway, um, look, Calvin, it's an absolute honor to uh, be able to host you and to invite mm. you onto this uh, podcast in person this time. Uh, like I said, long awaited, highly anticipated. Um, always a pleasure discussing about Manchester United for you. I feel like that's the uh, one of the major reasons that we bonded mm. over the past decade. Yep. Um, obviously not one of the only reasons there are yeah. many other aspects of our Correct. lives yep. um, but yeah just uh, any final words to everyone listening before we wrap it up uh, okay so uh, yeah first of all I would just like to um, thank uh, whoever is listening right now uh, thank you so much for um, and it's been an absolute pleasure and honour to be able to do this in person to be able to uh, give my thoughts or just uh, be uh, in this discussion and be in this um, current um, podcast as well I feel like it's um really really something that is um very uh it's a very good platform to just um share your thoughts and views on everything as well and uh I would absolutely uh, love to do this again. Hundred uh, percent. Like I said, you know, anytime you want to hop onto this podcast, just let me know, uh, be it in person or virtually. But with that, uh, I just want to thank you all for listening. Stay high, stay low, stay hydrated. This is Aaron. And this is Calvin. Stay tuned for the next episode and uh, yeah, enjoy football responsibly. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, that's all we have to say. Who knows, yeah. maybe we could be recording another Manchester United episode in the upcoming months, but we'll see. Yep, we'll see. All right, take care.